सो हेलो एवरी वन वेलकम बैक टू योर ओन पॉडकास्ट दृतिक शो सो दिस इज द एट एपिसोड ऑफ सीजन वन टूडे वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट हिस्ट्री द हिस्ट्री डेट इज लॉस द हिस्ट्री डेट वन नॉट टॉट इन अवर एजुकेशन सिस्टम एंड द हिस्ट्री हिडन फ्रॉम अस सो आई नो डेट हिस्ट्री इज अ बोरिंग सब्जेक्ट यू गाइज ऑल्सो थिंक डेट इट इज अ टाइप ऑफ वेरी डेड सब्जेक्ट बट अवर एजुकेशन सिस्टम मेड इट अ बोरिंग सब्जेक्ट but today i am with a person who is going to prove us wrong and make history more easier to understand and interesting so today i am with mr venkata manikanta pawan aditya so let's start this amazing and interesting podcast and enjoy yourselves so today i am again with mr pawan aditya and feeling too much blessed with him again uh, to be on this show again and yeah welcome hey hi ritwik uh, firstly wish you a very good morning and thank you for again inviting me onto this uh, podcast with you i am uh, very happy to interact with you again thanks for the opportunity no no it's my pleasure to have you so uh, today uh, you know uh, we are talking about the history so uh, let's we start with a question why the history was lost so uh, to start to answer your point the indian subcontinent had gone through a lot of uh, political changes there were a lot of invasions externally we had lot of uh, fight amongst different kingdoms internally within the subcontinent so uh, there was a saying in hindi that jo jeeta wohi sikandar uh-huh. or uh, the one who wins writes the history so the people who won the battles have changed or molded the history according to their convenience or they uh had sometimes completely destroyed universities and libraries so that had led to a lot of history which our ancestors might have preserved uh, basically uh had turned into ashes so as far as i believe uh, the current history which is being told in our uh, schools Uh, you know uh, when normally when we talk about history the first impression we get is it's a boring subject because yeah you need to memorize a lot of things but uh, yeah, we, we all need to understand that this is our own history which we are studying because uh, there was also saying that one who hasn't understood the history very well can't succeed much in the future so uh, we need to keep our mind open and try to understand the current history which is being taught and ask questions on it it there is no harm in asking questions because it broadens our spectrum of understanding as well as uh, it also uh, helps us in discovering new things so yeah uh, i personally have i'm a it professional but i do have some amount of interest in studying history i uh, study about uh, indian history uh, whenever i get time in world history as well. so yeah uh, but coming back to your point there uh, 
uh, might be a lot of information which is still undiscovered or had been lost and uh, we all together as a nation have a responsibility on us to discover what has been lost or uh, try to find something which was still hidden from us okay so at uh, everyone uh, just know about the today's interesting podcast which uh, i want to start with you so let's hang over the full and whole podcast this is a you know a bonus or a special podcast with you so let's hang over the all podcast to you uh, i am giving you the 10 points uh, uh, and you want to talk about 10 points right so let me start with the ahom dynasty which is my personal favorite and very brave dynasty uh, we all know about it but it is quite uh, uh hidden in our history pages so let's start this sure uh shall i uh, start with maybe i'll i'll just start with uh, the home dynasties uh, uh origins uh, no no like start with the origin of that or who were ahoms like this for a tribe which originated in present day Myanmar as uh, a lot of sources agree on that it they have migrated into current uh, northern portion of assam so uh, this falls under the uh, far east or the northeastern corner of a country and they had settled over there and established their own empire which uh, roughly spans all over the modern day assam and the neighboring states of meghalaya so it 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 uh, it is at the center of the brahmaputra region it is uh, a hilly terrain as well as uh, it has a good amount of water supply uh, as a lot of other civilizations do have ahoms also established their kingdom based on a river bank like uh, the indo ganges uh, plain so they flourished there for a uh, lot of years uh, it started mostly you know in the early 13th century i believe so that was the just of their origins uh, the home dynasties okay so let's we now talk about the uh, reasons for conflict between the mughals and ahoms the mughal empire had become the dominant empire by the early 1600s so they have a idea of expanding their empire to the different parts of our indian subcontinent they do have a imperialistic ambition to subjugate the kings and uh, conquer their kingdoms but they do also have uh, if i have to put in other words they want to install puppet kings who would act in the interest of the mogal emperor so that was their prime intention to conquer the ahom dynasty okay so uh, it can be like a aggressive imperialism for that mogal had yeah it can be called as an aggressive imperialism as lot of empires to have lot of powerful empires to have uh, we have seen the same thing again with the 
uh, russia uh, you know germany lot of them have imperialistic ambitions and once they attained some enough power or strength or military capabilities they want to expand their uh, imperial uh, boundaries i mean their uh, geographical boundaries beyond their country of origin okay so there could be any political or geopolitical reason uh the geopolitics during that time were slightly different but i believe the base hasn't changed much uh, you uh tend to expand your kingdom uh to utilize some of the resources from the other region which basically the other region was offering so uh i believe the moguls might have seen something very useful in the home uh, dynasties geographical province uh, the fact is that it's basically based in the brahmaputra region so they might want to exploit the natural resources to their own benefit so that might be a easy uh, way to explain that they uh, they desired to conquer the home dynasty okay so uh, let me move to the first attack by, attack by moguls which is in uh, 1616 uh, uh, called as the battle of samdhara so let we talk about it more yeah so the moguls by the time of uh, 1616 were trying to find a way to conquer the home dynasty they they had sent one of their traders uh, and he was basically detained by the homes uh, and he was later deported i believe and this gave the mogul emperor a perfect cause to launch an invasion onto the homes so uh, the plan at that time was to conquer gauhati and later the remainder portion of the home dynasty so they quite uh, gathered some of their army and launched launched an attack but uh, unfortunately this attack had failed because the homes were able to defend this uh, their kingdom so uh, this had resulted in somewhat a loss of prestige at that time to the mogul emperors but they did not give up at that time they launched an another attack and attack after attack yeah as you said uh, they then attack after attack and uh, short short attack after uh, every point every year or can be every month so uh, let me talk about the second major attack which is which is done by ahom army in 1636 right okay. uh, let's uh, talk about it yeah you know uh, the ahom king during that time i believe was pratap singer ruled until 1641 if i am uh, correct you know uh, the second time when the moguls had attacked they managed to conquer uh, gauhati and they uh, the homes had retreated to the eastern part of their uh, kingdom and then uh, they again regrouped their forces and again had attacked uh, the moguls i believe shah jahan was the emperor when the second attack was launched uh, you know in yeah. 1636 because shah jahan ruled till 1655 uh, this uh, fresh this uh, fresh conflict you know started at uh, the end of 
they had uh, the Mughals did enter the homes and they had a the homes had a decisive defeat uh, and they had again retreated to the eastern part. The Mughals had advanced up to Brahmaputra and they halted there. And again, uh, by the time Mughals uh, had kind of regrouped their forces and launched a new attack on the Mughals and this uh, kind of ended un uh, until 1639 and there uh, both sides have become uh, eager to sign a peace accord. So there was a peace accord which was signed and uh, Gauhati was passed on to the hands of the Mughals during that time. Okay, in the second war uh, did Aum defeated or Mughal? Uh, I could say that uh, the second war uh, or the time during which Shah Jahan was uh, the emperor, uh, the Mughals kind of gained Gauhati, but they would eventually lose it in the upcoming years. But temporarily, they had Gauhati in their hands. Okay, did they came to like Kamru? Uh, I'm not pretty sure about that point. But, uh, you know, the Gauhati, which was a kind of a large city, was given away to the Mughals during that time. And uh, I'm not pretty sure about the point whether they reached Kamrup. But, uh, you know, the relations between Mughals and Ahoms were, uh, you know, far from satisfaction. I mean, even they handed over Gauhati to the Mughals. The relations weren't that great. I believe... Uh, still might have a plan to completely annex the home kingdom as well as homes were also under a impression that they have to gain Gauhati back. Okay, so did uh, Ahom uh, conquer the Asia which was gone? Uh, I'm sorry, could you come again? Okay, did Ahom lost the area uh, which was conquered by uh, Mughal so so is that was uh, gone or they they got uh, yeah they did lose Gauhati in the second uh, battle but you know after Aurangzeb had ascended the throne after Shah Jahan uh, there was again a fresh start of the campaign where uh, the homes would finally uh, regain Gauhati back into their hands. So when uh, the real fight, or uh, they would uh, call it uh, the Battle of Saraigad, which was one of the most important uh, part, happened after the second invasion by the Mughals. Uh, I think it's a third. Uh, you mean the Battle of uh, Saraigad, right? Yeah, I think the uh, Battle of Saraigad was happened after the third invasion of Mughals. Yeah, it, it happened during the later point. It happened during when uh, Aurangzeb was the ruler of uh, or the Ahom, uh, sorry, uh, ruler of the Mughal Empire. I believe Saraigad was fought uh, somewhere between 1669 or 1670. Okay, so uh, this is all about the second uh, major attack by Mughals. Let's talk about the Treaty of uh, Asura. You know about uh, uh, the Treaty of Asura. Kind of, 
I'm not pretty much sure about that, but uh, it it kind of established some relations between Ahoms and uh, the Mughals, I believe. It, yeah, yeah, right. They, they had a yeah, they had a treaty which was signed after the Second War, wherein which uh, they the, the uh, trade between the Mughal Empire and the Ahom dynasty kind of continued. But still, it is far from you know having a peaceful, cordial relationship because okay. uh, Hongs basically lost Gauhati and they wanted to regain it back, and Mughals still wanted to push Hongs uh, totally out, and they wanted to conquer the empire, a uh, uh, home empire, basically. Okay, so I think uh, they do not like follow the treaty very, you know, carefully. Yeah, we could say that uh, you know the treaty was not followed very much. Uh, you know, the Home King for the first time formally acknowledged that uh, there was a Mughal overlordship over some part of his kingdom uh, as a treaty of uh, you know this Asura Ali. But uh, you know, again the relations started to uh, fall down, even though they had a trade relations, but. Uh, after 1640, again there was a eager, uh, you know, idea by the Homs to reconquer Gauhati back from Mughals. Okay, so let's uh, now talk about the Battle of Sarai Ghat. It's a you know a long, long thing to know for our viewers, but uh, make it like easy to understand. I know it can be a like heavy thing, but please make it uh, as uh, light as you can, please. Sure. Uh, you know the Battle of Sarai Ghat was you know one of the most important part of this home Mughal conflicts. Uh, it happened around the year sixteen seventy, wherein which uh, the Mughal Empire was supported by two other rulers. Uh, called uh, Munawar Khan, who was one of uh, the Mughal uh, emperor's vassals, and uh, Ram Singh one, who was from the Rajput clan. Yeah. So they both supported Aurangzeb, and uh, the Ahom kingdom was led by Lachit Bohan, who was their military commander. Okay, so uh, I want so, to uh, highlight the point. Uh, you said that uh, it was uh, in Ahom, it was, uh, you know, led by uh, Lachit Burfukan. And uh, in Mughal, uh, it was led by Ram Singh, right? Aurangzeb conquered uh, the Ram Singh's empire and then uh, Ram Singh uh, 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 gave the, you know. Yeah, uh, Ram Singh basically offered support to Aurangzeb. So, uh, he actually marched with his army along with Naur to with the Ahoms on the orders of Aurangzeb. Okay, so as far as I know, Mughal had the army of 75,000 to 80,000, right? After uh, the mixture of the Mughal army and Ram Singh and uh, some oil uh, empire also gave their armies uh, and Aurangzeb also gave their uh, 50,000 extra armies. Right. Okay, so what about the armies of Ahoms? The, 
published uh, in the exact way as uh, Mughal said, but from the sources we know that the home said the uh, Mughals, the homes were basically fighting for position because they knew very well that their army in numbers is very much smaller to the Mughal army. Yeah. Uh, so they adopted a guerrilla plan initially to fight with the Mughals. So uh, if I have to just uh, give a gist of uh, what Borbukan had did, uh, that his plan to regain Gavati uh, was kind of, uh, you know, I could say it was uh, very much successful because this yeah. battle of Saraigat is also a naval battle, which I'll uh, discuss uh, as we go forward. But, uh, you know, uh, the approach which was given by the Mughals took them through a hilly terrain. And uh, Borbukan had ordered his soldiers to blockade the pass between the hills by building a sand wall. So the Mughals, uh, whenever they entered the hilly terrains or the pass between hills, the home army used to attack them from the upper hilly areas. So it was a guerrilla attack. They used to attack the Mughals and retreat it back into the hills. So there were a couple of guerrilla attacks which were launched on the Mughal army. So the Mughal army size gradually began to decline. Okay. Uh, the Homs actually wanted the Mughals to follow the Brahmaputra part because uh, Saraigat was a very narrow part of the river Brahmaputra which is surrounded by uh, hills. So Homs knew very well that the Mughals had a navy but it was not complete professional or a very strong navy. So they wanted them to follow this narrow path uh, between the hills at the place of Saraigat, the width of the Brahmaputra river is very short. So they took advantage of that and when the Mughals arrived through that pass, they attacked them from all the directions and uh, you know, that was uh, the war turned into a massacre and Mughals finally had to retreat. Yeah, or, there was from no the, option. Yeah, from the three di direction, right? Uh, yeah, from they uh, attacked them from the hills as well as uh, there was a Ahom uh, shooters who were actually, you know, fighting face on with the Mughals. So, uh, it's actually a, a surprise attack as well as a attack which was not anticipated by the Mughals. Yeah. So the, the Mughals went into a defensive position but, uh, you know, it was too late. So, uh, this... Saraigad battle had actually brought Gauhati back into the home's hands. So uh, their goal of retaking Gauhati back, you know, basically succeeded. So that's what I have to tell. Uh, yeah, th that was a huge territorial change for them. Okay, as far as I know, uh, the Ahom dynasty or the Ahom army uh, encycled uh, the Mughal from the three side. The first was Itakhuli Hills, uh, second was the Ka Kamakya Hills, and the third was uh, Ashura right. Krant. What is it? Is? I, can't I can't spell it. Uh, right. I Ashwakrant Hills, yeah. Uh, yeah, you are able to hear me, right? 
Yeah, hello. Are you getting? Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, so I want to uh, say that uh, uh, the three uh, uh, sites were Ithakuli Hills and Kamakya Hills and uh, third one is Ashokranth Hills. Yeah, these three were the hilly regions which were surrounding the place of Saraigad. Okay, so like why the Mughal came from uh, that uh, Brahmaputra you know, uh, waterway because their navy was uh, too much uh, weak uh, as far as uh, Ahom was. Uh, the Ahom strategy basically wanted the Mughals to follow the Brahmaputra path because they could take uh, advantage of this uh, hilly terrain and uh, the river uh, the width of the river is also very less. So that uh, would be the strongest plus point for the homes and the Mughals would be forced to use their navy which is their weakest part. So uh, Lachit Gautukan had set up a strategy in such a way that the Mughals will definitely follow this path and he had cleverly closed all the other options for the Mughals. Uh, the hill, hilly terrains, land passes were blockaded and uh, whenever the Mughal army enters any uh, pass, they would be attacked from all sides in a gorilla manner. And uh, there was a sand wall built in one of the pass where the Mughals uh, you know, could not uh, move forward uh, on the land. So he blocked all of the land routes and made them to use their navy. Okay, so... This is all about the Battle of Saraigat, right? Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about the uh, decline of Ahoms. Right. Uh, you know, uh, the Ahom kingdom, as far as I know, it exists in the year uh, 1826 until the British had become very much popular in India. I mean, very much powerful in India. Uh, it was still uh, under the uh, East India Company's hands. Uh, yeah. The British actually fought uh, a string of wars with uh, the Burmanese. You know, uh, and they gained control of Burma and during that point of time, the home kingdom uh, kind of went into the hands of the British. The successors who came uh, after uh, the defeat of the Mughals uh, weren't that militarily active and uh, they could not defend their kingdom from the British. You know, the Britain definitely had a stronger navy and they had their base in Bengal. Uh, whereas uh, in the previous cases, the Mughals had to come all the way from, you know, uh, the northern parts of India. Like they had to march from Delhi or they have to regroup their forces from Rajasthan or uh, they had a Vasal uh, kingdom in Bengal, but it was not that great as uh, the East India Company's power was in West Bengal. When uh, the East India Company started expanding in India, it started expanding from uh, mainly from the Kolkata region, where uh, they had divided the Nawab of the Bengal uh, and they uh, kind of uh, overthrew him in the Battle of Baksar and took control of the Bengal territory. So they had their main military and administrative presence in Bengal and Ahom 
had their kingdom very much next to Bengal, uh, weren't able to defend their kingdom because the British could easily resupply their men uh, coming from Bengal and uh, they had a lot of uh, modern warfare compared to the homes. Okay, so as far as I know, uh, as I know, Aum dynasty was started from 1615 and ended in 1682, right? Uh, yeah, in 1826, uh, kind of, when the East India Company was expanding. Okay, so uh, this is all about the Aum dynasty. I will let you to move on the second point, which is uh, the Maurya dynasty. Uh, okay, so let's uh, move to the second point. Yeah, uh, you please start the second point. Uh, you know, the, if I have to tell about the Mauryan dynasty, it is the largest empire which had uh, kind of existed in our ancient Indian civilization. It all started with the overthrow of the Nanda dynasty by Chandragupta Maurya. Yeah. Uh, some sources say that Chanakya, who was the minister of Chandragupta Maurya, was also working with the Nandas, but he was insulted by the Nandas and he was uh, he sworn to overthrow the Nandas and uh, he wanted Chandragupta Maurya because he kind of uh, knew, that, knew that Chandragupta Maurya would become a very able warrior and a king. So he supported him and uh, they had kind of overthrow. Uh, the uh, Nanda uh, dynasty. The Nanda dynasty was in power uh, when Alexander the Great kind of uh, invaded India. They uh, There was a saying that uh, Alexander's army feared the Nandas and they uh, do not want to march forward and they kind of retreated. So uh, shortly after Alexander had died or when he retreated from India, the Chandragupta Maurya launched a campaign and uh, overthrew the Nandas and established the Mauryan Empire and where and, and where uh, he basically uh, kind of uh, started expanding his empire. He had his capital and partly of Bihar. So uh, Chandragupta Maurya Minister Chanakya is a very Intelligent or an intellectual person. He basically has written the Arthasastra, which is still uh, being followed today in a lot of uh, different fields. Uh, we can apply it in, even in our modern day world. And uh, you have this uh, kind of uh, successors of Chandragupta Maurya, who too have proven to be a very powerful and capable leaders. You know, uh, his son Bindusara and his grandson Ashoka. They were uh, exemplary leaders, excellent military leaders, and they were great kings. And our modern uh, national emblem kind of uh, is derived from the Ashoka pillar. Okay, so uh, let me move to the second point, uh, which is about the Buddhism. Okay, okay, so let you, let I uh, move you to the third point, which is the Buddhism. Okay, so, uh, 
and uh, let's first of all talk about the founder of the buddhism let's first of all uh, talk about the founder of buddhism who is uh, gautam buddha or lord buddha there is a lot of conspiracy be between those so please learnings of the buddhism as far as i know some uh, learnings from the buddhism are uh, how can i forgive you every morning we are bo born again and the second one uh, is uh, like uh, happiness is not out it is inside out and uh, can you also name some Many people follow Buddhism, 
and you all uh, you also know the uh, conditions right uh, you know the modern days uh, belief on religion is somewhat different to what we have in the olden days uh, uh, things have changed a lot in you know 2000 years back when buddhism was founded it, it flourished a lot Uh, there were uh, these buddhist councils which uh, exported buddhism from india to china japan thailand and different parts of uh, southeast asia as well but uh, uh, there were some allegations reportedly that the councils or uh, the people who were heading the religion themselves were corrupt and uh, things started to uh, work in a different way so yeah uh, it, it happens not only with buddhism but a lot of religions uh, you know uh, people who practiced uh, buddhism or any other religion 2000 years back might be still practicing the same religion but yeah the way of uh, lifestyle has changed a lot okay so uh, can i know uh, about the similarity between the uh, buddhism and uh, jainism striking similarity is both do completely ban the animal slaughtering which which was a kind of uh, a, a great relief to a lot of people at that time and both religions do have this uh, particular path of following dharma with a very simple way of lifestyle you know uh, people give up all their ornaments they were not expected to look in a very lavish way uh and the way of uh, the way in which these two religions were practiced is also a very simple way we have uh, a simple prayer followed by meditations and uh, you know a simple gathering uh, it was not too complex to follow so that's why it initially earned a lot of attraction especially especially among peasants uh although there were some people who did uh, oppose this way of uh, practicing or uh, this new religion okay uh, you know a topic in uh, buddhism uh, the brahma gyanis uh, uh, thought that the buddhism uh, has the new knowledge and a very uh, you know applicable knowledge so why is it so So, okay so let me tell about you uh, the yeah. brahma gyanis okay yeah yeah so uh, the uh, brahma gyanis were those who know a lot of the who suffered from the uh, many religions uh, and found something uh, you know bad uh, or we can say not good in uh, that uh, religion uh, they see all the reason and so and founded buddhism is very like applicable uh, religion other than others uh yeah to this i could say that uh, one major change that buddhism had brought is it completely abolish it tried to abolish the caste system i mean uh, if you consider a normal hindu uh, typical hindu way of uh, 
caste system you would find there would some some people like kshatriyas or brahmanas uh, sitting on the top hierarchy so uh, when this buddhism had came into power it kind of uh, tried to knock the supports of this caste system it treated everyone equally and it encouraged all the different uh, people belonging to different castes to go and explore the knowledge uh, the dharmic knowledge or uh, the way of attaining moksha or uh, freedom from this cycle of rebirth so it treated everyone equally and uh, this wasn't working out for some section of people okay so there is a conspiracy called uh, that uh, the 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 lord buddha uh, which is gautam buddha does not wanted to uh, like make a separate religion <coughs> he wanted to uh, add this religion in our hinduism you know and some uh, his student uh, made it a separate religion what are your thoughts about it so this i could only say that uh, the previous answer which i have given uh, there was a friction between the existing hindus and this new religion which had uh, came up in the indian society we uh, were used to uh, i mean we in the sense the citizens during that time uh, who were there in the indian subcontinent were used to a, a certain uh, social way of living and uh, this change was kind of too liberal for some people so uh, obviously you would find some friction when something crops up which is too liberal especially which tries to change the social parameters of the society okay so this is all about the i think the buddhism uh, should we take a break Yeah, I sure we could take a two to five minute break if you want to. Okay, so we will come back to you all and uh, spread the knowledge. Uh, till then, wait and uh, uh, bring some coffees also. And uh, was this uh, special podcast? We are uh, coming uh, in few back minutes. Thank you. So. this is about the part 1 uh, and we are sure to publish the part 2nd uh, as soon as possible so uh, mr pavan aditya how was the podcast harithwick you know uh, first i would like to thank you a lot for giving me this opportunity to speak and share uh, the uh, basic knowledge that i have on uh, different topics and uh, you know i'm i'm very uh, fit to be scored podcast and you know collab with you for the second time and i'm looking for many more collaborations with you it's been like a great amount of uh, you know it's been a great discussion uh, you know kind of uh, had a good time together yeah, yeah. i have to uh, summarize it up in one word it, it's been too good yeah we have uh, done the podcast for about like one uh, and 40 minutes but uh, like unfortunately it is not a publishing because we are exceeded with a like time limit so we are sure to podcast another and uh, we will publish the uh, in like some uh, hours and yeah i really loved this podcast too much and 
या वी विल डू द पॉडकास्ट पर मंथ सो अवर एंड यू व्यूवर्स गेट द फुल नॉलेज फॉर द अवर एंशियंट टाइम्स एंड द मॉडर्न एज सो थैंक यू सो मच Yeah, thank you. So, till then, share my podcast, uh, follow the the Ritwik show, and uh, keep with us and uh, support us. Till then, bye bye.